since commanded. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws that I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did to Baalpur. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Baal, but all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you don't, do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade away from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ben. Well, it's a new month, so we're starting a new series. We are looking at a new series which is going to kind of lead us into our 20th anniversary. It's past, present, future is the idea of it. And every, uh, in the three weeks leading up to our 20th anniversary, we're going to focus a little bit on the past, on the present, on the future. Um, today, with a reading from uh, Deuteronomy, it must be we're focusing on the past and on looking back. Let me pray, and then we'll jump into it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for um, an opportunity to come before your word, to read it, to hear it, to understand more about who you are through it. Lord, I pray that as we um, come before your word today and we spend some time thinking about um, what is good, about looking back and the pitfalls of it, Lord, that you might um, work in our hearts, Lord, you might work a truth for us where we're at with you. Lord, we pray that you would have helped to speak uh, truthfully and clearly uh, through me, Lord, and that what I say might uh, be true of your word. And we just pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So this series, which we're going to head into, is going to spend a bit of time <clears throat> thinking about the journey so far, the journey that has led us to the point where we are. Um, when you kind of hit those major milestones in life in general, sometimes what you do is you stop and you reflect, don't you? You know, you hit your 21st birthday party and then a few people get up and give speeches about what's happened to get you there. You know, our, our hope is that we'll, we'll, we'll be able to have our 21st um, parties for our boys and say, look, you survived. You've made it. You're alive. That was our responsibility, Donna. We'll, we'll wipe our hands and go, we got you this far. It's up to you now. But as we're doing uh, this kind of a process this year, this month, thinking about our church, 
where God has taken us, what God is doing now, and where God is taking us into the future. We've jumped into this passage way back at the start of the Bible in Deuteronomy. Now, I don't know if uh, you've ever noticed, but as you read through the first five books of the Old Testament, when you hit Deuteronomy, you kind of start having deja vu, right? Because it, it, it feels like it's going over all of the things that have already happened. I remember as a young Christian, I used to be really confused because the Ten Commandments were in there twice. I'm like, but which one was it? Was, was it at Mount Sinai? Was it in Deuteronomy? It gets mentioned a couple of times. You know, all of the law, which you get in Leviticus, a lot of that kind of gets repeated or, or summarised in Deuteronomy. You get all of the story of their journey from Egypt to the point where they are. Uh, and by the time we get to Deuteronomy, uh, what you get is God's people standing at the edge of the promised land, which they have been waiting so long to come into. You know, the, the story has been a long one, a long journey for them. It starts uh, in Egypt, in slavery, being freed from Egypt. From there, they spend some time, maybe up to a year, camped at the foot of Mount Sinai, where Moses will go up to talk with God, and God um, gives them uh, the law, you know, gives them this foundation for which they are going to base this new nation upon. You know, every new nation needs some founding documents. The, the law of God is the way they are going to live, which is going to be different from all the other nations. They make some, how should we say, some mistakes, some faux pas. They end up kind of in a timeout for 40 years, wandering in the desert, um, until the point when basically all of the first generation that were in Egypt have passed on, and this new next generation um, are the ones who are going to arrive in the promised land. So by the time we get to Deuteronomy, you have Moses speaking uh, to this new generation, this new generation of Israelites that have been born as an Israelite people wandering around in the desert. And before they go into the promised land, before they take possession of the land that God had promised to them um, hundreds of years earlier with Abraham, Moses looks back on all that has happened to bring them to this point. He looks back on all God has done, all that God has taught them, all of the precious law, that God has given them. So that before they enter into the promised land, they have spent some time reflecting on their identity as who they are, as Israelites, who they are as God's people. Before they can go forward into this promised future, before they can go off into this glorious, beautiful thing that God has promised for them to, to, to head into, they need to stop and recount the past so that as they head into the future, they recognise where they've come from. And that that past can help shape and dictate who they become in the promised land God is heading them into. Have a look at verse 1 at the very start. Um, uh, it starts with, Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land. Right. So before he's going in, he's like, hear the law, hear the decree. Here's all the things that, um, that God has given us to this point. And then the very last part of it, 
um, uh, take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. An important sentence, that final part of verse 1. The land your Lord is giving you. The land they are about to go into is not theirs. It is not theirs that they have won out of their own might or their own power or intelligence or whatever. It is a gift that God is giving them that they may be stewards of. The land is never the property of the Israelites. It is God's land that he is giving them as a gift to prosper in, to enjoy, if they follow the words, the laws, the decrees of, um, of the law, of the word of God, and they live by his teachings, then they will remain in this land and they will enjoy it. Uh, it is not theirs to sell off to the highest bidder, right? It's not theirs to do with what they want. It is theirs to be stewards of. Which I think is a helpful lesson for us in the modern 21st century church. Because sometimes um, in churches, when you're thinking about land and buildings and property and all that kind of stuff, that question of ownership pops up from time to time. That question of ownership pops up. Um, often it pops up when uh, things aren't going so good or there's some hard decisions that need to be made. But sometimes that, that question of ownership pops up of whose church is it anyway? I don't know if you've ever been in a church where that has been the experience. Um, you know, there's a, a, a lot of churches, as, as, as Cliff mentioned before, that after COVID uh, really have, have, have dwindled. And this, this question is kind of rising in, in, in a lot of those congregations is, well, whose church is this? Whose property is this anyway? You know, there was a, a, an example of a, of a church not too far from here that was sitting on quite a, a, um, a functional building and some land. And basically kind of you had a small number of people who were holding on as tightly to ownership, possession of this building as they possibly could to the point when they were actually preventing other Christian groups from using it. You know, other, other Christian groups that wanted to do mission and ministry in it were, were, were kind of being pushed out because the group that was there was holding on so tightly to the point where um, the Friday night youth group wasn't allowed to meet there because they had a booking for Friday night that was just there all year, regardless of not whether they needed it or not. You know, and sometimes these questions around who owns this property um, pop up in churches, but of course they've forgotten that first lesson that the Israelites taught, were taught before they entered into the Promised Land, is that what you have is a gift. It's not yours. It's not any one person's. It's, it's God's. And those who are there to use it are stewards of what God has given you. That we are just stewards of uh, churches, of land, of whatever it might be, that they might do work for the kingdom. Right? If we're the ones who are contributing to and helping pay off the bills and all that kind of stuff and keep the lights on, that is all good, but what we are as stewards of the gift that God has given us. It's, it's, it's almost like um, that parable that Jesus tells about the talons, or they translate it these days, the bags of gold. We have these three servants. They get three different amounts of gold. Um, and, uh, and the master says, you know, invest them, use them wisely. I'm going to come back and ask what you've done with them. Um, you know, we as God's people are given stewards of this beautiful building, this beautiful site, this beautiful um, spot which we are now. Um, and that question of stewardship will come up for us. How did we steward what God had given us? 
How are we best stewards of this gift that God has given us? How did we best use it for the kingdom? An important thing for us to remember as we head towards our 20th anniversary. Um, It goes on, verse 9, have a look. Be careful and watch yourself closely that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your hearts as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after that. What Moses is highlighting for the people as he's speaking to them that day is don't forget what your eyes have seen. There is a real importance on looking back and remembering what God has done. Do not forget the good works God has done in bringing you to this point. Before they head into into the promised land, Moses tells them, do not forget. Right? I think that's a helpful lesson because so often I think we forget the good works that God has done in our past. Things might be challenging now, we might feel spiritually dry or whatever the case might be, but there's something really important and not forgetting the things that God has done. Um, there's a mate I meet up with um, semi-regularly um, who's got a small business, and as we chatting about life, everything that's going on, you know, the narrative over the many years I've been meeting with him is is this roller coaster ride that being in business is. For everyone here who's, who's who's running a business, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, and it's like this constant roller coaster ride of, man, you know, things are going great one month and then terrible one month, or you you hit your numbers at the end of the whatever financial year is, and then the next year starts the next day. It's just this constant ongoing. It's this constant source of stress and worry for him. And we were talking about his business and talking about, you know, where it was and, and his kind of, like, um, you know, uh, worrying about, like, uh, where's, where's God in this? And why doesn't God just, like, make it so that I don't have to worry? You know, why, why can't we just hit that level where it's going to be um, fine and not a problem um, anymore? Uh, and we were talking about it one day, but we actually, what we did is we said, well, actually, let's actually look back about it. And we stopped and we looked back and we looked at all of the times when things were looking dire, all of the times when things were grim, all of the times when he was really worried, and everywhere along that timeline we're like, oh yeah, like God helped us there and God got us through that one. And oh, that was that time when this, this kind of this, this money appeared and that was a time when, when that bill I was really worried about you know, turned out to be okay. And, and the more we looked back along the timeline, it was like, wow, you see God's fingerprints along the whole thing. Focusing on the here and the now in that moment actually just felt terrible. But as you looked back at all the ways God had worked and helped him along that journey, you realised God has been there all the way. There is something really important in looking back at what God has done. Because sometimes when it comes to our faith, it's a little bit like, um, you know, what have you done for me lately? You know, with God, it's like, what have you done for me lately, God? You know, I haven't had any real spiritual experiences or things aren't going so good in life or whatever it is. Um, And we can fall into that trap of thinking of what have you done for me lately? And Israel seems to always be doing that. Israel is always saying to God, what have you done for me lately? God says, I brought you out of Egypt. Oh, well, that was ages ago. A part of the Red Sea. Oh, that was, you know, that was years back now. All of these things that God has done. 
they get a little bit worried about the present day, what God's done for me lately. And, and Moses' instruction to them is, don't forget all that God has done. Let that shape you in the present. Let that shape you in the future. There is a flip side, though, to spending time looking back. Um, because sometimes it can uh, lead us into a trap of looking back. Moses tells all the people to look back so that they won't forget. So that they won't forget about God's provision, about his presence, about his goodness. Um, they won't forget about the law, about his teachings. Uh, but he's telling them this just as they're about to head into their future. He's telling them to not forget to look back as, about, as they're about to head into this future that God has promised us. But sometimes people can get stuck in just looking back. Get stuck in a way which actually prevents you from moving forward or heading into anything new. There was this story I heard about a minister who um, came to a, a new church and uh, he was going around meeting all the different people and hearing a bit about the church and about what was happening and the history of the church from all these different people's perspectives. And um, one day he, he had a, a lovely morning tea with a lady and they had a cup of tea and all that kind of stuff. And as she was talking, he realised that all that she was talking about was the past. You know, oh, this is what we used to do and this is how it used to be and these are the people that used to be here and we used to do like this. And, um, and she's going on and, he's, and he kind of says, oh, that's... That's, that's interesting. It's interesting reflection, you know, about all the stuff that's, that's been happening in the past. She says, yeah, look, look, don't worry. I've written it all down. She goes out. She gets this, this, this old notebook that she says, I've written down all of the history of the church in this, in this notebook. And she gets it out. And as she opens it, it uh, has been attacked by the rats. And all that's left is just this dust and, you know, ashes. She opens this thing and it's all fallen apart. Moses tells us this story um, of uh, looking back so that we cannot get lost as we move into something in the future. Uh, but sometimes we can hold on to the past so tightly that all it becomes is you know, ash and dust in our hands. And that can prevent us from seeing what God is doing in the present day and can prevent us from moving into something new in the future. And finally, I wanted to, to, to mention um, when we're thinking about the past, when we're thinking about looking back, is that sometimes in life we can be uh, bound by things that have happened in the past. Sometimes we can look back at the past at things that didn't go so well, things uh, that uh, didn't work out, um, and we can be paralysed by failure. And this can kind of happen in all aspects of life, isn't it? Sometimes the things that have happened in our past actually paralyse us in the present and prevent us from moving on into the future. But if there's anything which we learn from the gospel is that we are not defined by our past, right? It shapes us. We can see God's work in it. We can see his hand in us, in it. Um, but it does not dictate uh, our present and our future in all circumstances. And I wanted to ask you guys this question. Is there something in your past that is preventing you in the future? Is there something in your past um, that you need to let go of? Something in your past that's shackling you in the present and that letting go of or moving on from is going to help you in the future? Uh, let me invite the, uh, the, the band up. I'm going to pray and we'll have our final song together. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, I just thank you for 
uh, your word. I thank you for the opportunity that we get to read it. And Lord, as we, as we are thinking about the past as we head towards our 20th anniversary, we're thinking about all of the things that have happened, the people who we've met along the way, the ministries that have been so important. Lord, I pray that we might not forget. I pray that we might remember all that you have done. Lord, I pray we might remember the way that you have brought us to this place and you have, have blessed us with this, this, this legacy of um, ministry, of spaces, of places, of property, of all these amazing things, Lord. Uh, you've blessed them with us that way we might be good stewards of them. Lord, I pray as we seek to be um, more like you and to be uh, your people more faithfully and more truly in our hearts, Lord, I pray that you might help us to not be shackled by the past. Lord, if there's anything in there that we need to let go of, Lord, we pray that we can put it to you. We can lay it at your feet. We can lay it at your altar, Lord. That we can move on from those, those, those failures, those mistakes, those things that are shackling us in the present. And Lord, know that we move freely into the future. Lord, I pray that you might continue to be working in our hearts as uh, we head more towards this 20th anniversary, Lord, that we might be a people that can hold the past, the present and the future all, all in our hands at the same time. Lord, I just pray you'll just bless us as we continue on this journey. Just pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, let's stand. We'll sing our final song together.